You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God, you see it open your Bible at Romans chapter 1. Now, if you missed this morning, it was a wrap-up of volume 1. And so, <laughs> we've been spending a lot of time having a look at the power of the Sabbath and how we rest in the things of God. And the purpose of it is to set us up so that where God is leading and taking us, we can live life the way God designed us to live it. You understand that when God created the Garden of Eden and He placed Adam in it, He gave him the tree of life. And He had one instruction, to not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God says, as long as you do that, you'll be fruitful, you'll multiply, you'll fill the earth, you'll subdue it, you'll be in dominion. And He gave him all he needed to live and exist with. And had Adam never sinned, if he had never fallen, he would still be alive today. And all the other names we know would be walking this earth. And you and I would be here today. And there would be no churches. We'd just be all the family of God with God in the earth. Isn't that amazing? But as a result of the curse of Adam failing and sinning and handed the whole kingdom over to Satan, we know the curse came in. But God's plan hasn't changed. He intended for us to live kingdom life in this earth. Jesus proved that when the disciples asked Him to teach them how to pray. He said, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come, Your will be done on. He didn't say take us into heaven. Now, if before Jesus returns, this body expires, then I do need to go somewhere. <laughs> if you're born again, make sure you are born again. Uh, if, if you're not born again, I strongly recommend you do that. Amen. You know what I would do if I wasn't born again? I'd get born again. And so it's a decision we make because we want to make sure that if this body does expire, we are in heaven. But God's plan is still for us as His creation to live a supernatural world. It's not like we are in the natural serving a supernatural God out there, and then one day we will go over into the supernatural. No, we're supposed to be living supernatural lives as a way of life. That's, that's who we are. That's who we created to be. And you see Jesus proving that when He came to the earth. Everything He did was supernatural. In fact, John said, if you could record all that Jesus did, there's not enough books in the world to contain it. And yet we've got it within the covers of our Bible you know, look at all the miracles Jesus did. No, those were simply ones that stood out and they happened to record them and had specific teaching and, and was showing us the way of the kingdom. But Jesus literally woke up and started just, he lived his life that way. Just miracle after miracle. We call it miracles, but it was the way of supernatural life. If something was out of place, he put it in place. If something was missing, he made sure it, uh, it arrived. If something was sick, he healed it. If something was out of, out of uh, uh, there was a storm, he'd quieten it down. If they needed food, he'd multiply it. Are you with me? It was just, it just flowed out of him. It wasn't like he said, well, let's do a miracle now. No, it wasn't an, an, an here and there event. It was a constant way of life. And someone could say, yeah, but that's Jesus. Well, Paul, uh, Paul writes here in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Now, you know, when you say gospel of Christ, 
You can talk about so many different things. What, are the, what is the gospel? Well, for an unsafe person, the gospel is Jesus died for you and rose from the dead. And all you have to do is believe that and call Him your Lord and you will be born again. You can enter into the kingdom of God. But that's not the end of the gospel. It's the gospel of Christ, the anointed one, His anointing. The good news is now that you're born again, Christ enters your life and now you enter into kingdom life. And now we need to experience life the way Jesus did on the earth. See, it is the power of God to salvation. Again, an unsaved person, salvation means the Spirit of God entering into you and your spirit birthed in His image, born again. But that word salvation is an ongoing word. It's soteria. It's the constant provision, constant protection, constant deliverance, whatever you need in your life. If there's a sickness that's destroying us, you can be saved out of that. If there's poverty or lack, you can be saved out of that. What's going to get you saved out of that? This power. The power of God. Everybody say power. Power is a demonstration. Power makes things happen. The power of dynamite, it moves big things very far. Very fast. Isn't that right? There's power in dynamite. It's the same word dunamis is what you have within you. The kind of power when God says just, you know, one day just blurts out two words like be. And 24 hours this later, there's 16 billion miles of space in existence out of two words. That's the power that resides within you. Hallelujah. Say the power of God. It's sickness-destroying power, burden-removing, yoke-destroying power. That's the anointing. Whatever is missing, whatever needs to be done in your life, there's a power of God to get it done. Now, why don't we see so much of it? Well, he says it's for everyone who? Who believes. Who believes. We have to believe this. I said we have to believe the supernatural. People that believe that we're living in a dispensation of the cessation of gifts. You know, all those things stopped when the last disciple left the earth. Well, they will never see power because they don't believe it will happen. It's not going to wake up and slap you in the face. No, it comes from belief. I am of the opinion, and I have a strong reference, the Word of God, That Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever. If he did something yesterday, he's as powerful today. If God's not healing today, he has to change his name. His very name is Jehovah Rapha. It's it's built into his name. You say, Jehovah Rapha. Yeah, I used to be called that. No, he's still the healer. I said he's still the healer. He doesn't want you sick. He removed it on the cross. By his stripes you were healed. And so that power is available. But you have to believe it. You don't wake up saved one day. Every one of us who are born again, you didn't wake up one morning, look in the mirror and think, who's that? That looks like a Christian. Oh, it's me. It doesn't jump on you. You had to hear the gospel. And then you believed it. 
And then you found out you have to say it. And when you did, what happened? You were born again. So the same way for any power, any salvation power, it's for those who believe. Verse 17, in it is the righteousness of God in this gospel, in this power. And it's revealed how? From faith to faith. See, the very first faith you needed, you didn't even know that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. You didn't know that the spirit of faith is having believed I speak, did you? Did you know faith is the substance? No, you just heard you need to confess. Say this prayer after me. Okay, and you said the prayer. And what happened? God gave you that gift of faith through the hearing of that Word. So now you entered in through faith. And that's where Paul says, the very fact that you got saved through that faith, do you now think it's going to stop? No, it's the same faith that's going to take you from that level to the next level. It's from faith to faith. So now you have faith for healing. Now you have faith for provision. Now you have faith for protection. As you hear these different aspects. But now we got to get to a place where we get to say, all right, now I'm saved and I've been healed and I've been delivered, but now I want to live in a constant place of the supernatural happening all the time. Because faith is where God takes over. When you've reached the end of everything you know to do, everything you have done possibly in your own strength and your own abilities, your own gifts, your own knowledge, your own education, but you've reached your limit, that's when the supernatural kicks in and God takes you to where it seems impossible. If we're still living lives of possible, then we're not living lives of faith. If we're doing what is possible, what's the purpose of faith? Because the rest of the world are living possible lives. They only run as fast as they can run. They only spend as much as they can spend. They only buy what they can buy. They only go as far as they can go. Isn't that right? The whole world's living in the natural. And so if we're living a life of possible, what's the purpose of faith? But notice he says, the just shall, 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 what's live? Live means you live. Why? It's amazing what you learn in church. Some people say, write it down. You, you must remember it, memorize it. Living is something you do all the time. You don't get to stop living for a moment and then pick up tomorrow. Because that's called dead. No, live means you're always living. Isn't that right? Aren't you glad when you close your eyes at night, your heart keeps beating, you keep breathing, you stay alive. That's natural life. This living is talking about your state, your attitude, your existence, what you do. The way you govern and direct your life is by faith. And if I'm only doing what's possible, I'm not in the realm of faith. So I'm constantly wanting the impossible. God's kingdom is charged and operates in the realm of impossible. Once someone says that is impossible, that's when God stands up. I am so glad they said that because now let me show you. Let me demonstrate. The family of God, miracles, we call them miracles. Jesus called them works. 
They are passing you every day of your life. Every day with things that you face, you and I have a choice whether we're going to handle this thing in the natural with what's possible or are we going to believe for the what seems impossible to man. See, I don't just want to build a new building that the bank gives us a bond for and then we pay it off in the next 30 years and, and hope we somehow get it done. No, I'm trusting God where we take out like this building, we got it, and within seven years, pay it in full. Well, that's impossible. Exactly. Because I, like, I want to live out there. I'm living by faith. And you say, Amen. You can do the best in the natural. You can eat right, exercise right, and do that. But how do you know, even people that have eaten right, exercise right, next moment, boom, their heart kicks in and they, they die. How did he die? He was so fit. No, but that's because there's things that we're not aware of that the enemy uses in the background. But I want to live a life where I'm living the divine life of God and it's His life flowing in me. So there's not a day that goes past that I won't call on the healing power of His Word and feed my spirit with that faith. So I do what I do in the natural. I eat right. You know, you do exercise. You do what you need to do to make sure that you give it the right ingredients. But I need the supernatural life of God that if anything does show up, any little lump or any little chokhati or whatever inside, it gets punk. Wiped out in an instant. I firmly believe that someone who lives this way will have been attacked many, many times by cancers and things like that, and you don't even know it. Just feel, I feel a little bit off today, but praise God, His Word says, the anointing burns that thing out. See, the Word's designed to work. It's in a state of fear. That's what the enemy is trying to do is get us out of faith, get us into a place of fear. That's all it is. Anything you get, any bad report, anything negative, whatever, it's all designed to get us over into the possible, into the fear factor. And once we're over into fear, that's when we take over and the Sabbath stops. Now we're in a place where we're trying to figure out the answer and you know you can only go so far. There's only so much the medical science can do. But when we say, make a decision, we take God's word, believe his word. I make a decision to live. I want to hear from God. What's the instruction? I want to obey God. Let him give me my next step. Let me take the word of God. Let that be on my lips. You position yourself into a place where faith can now work. It's now saying, I've gone as far as possible can go. Now we're in the realm of impossible. And I lift my hands and I enter a rest. I'm in a supernatural world. I expect a miracle now. Now the word can work. And what it does, it dissolves those things causing that pain. It starts to reconstruct bones and cartilages. It, it, it replaces organs. It gets things on the move. It gets angels to go and fetch money. You know, are you with me? It's all of it, you, you're now operating in the realm of the supernatural. That's where you open a drawer and go, where did that money come from? Family, this is the way of the kingdom. I'm not talking, some people look at me like, yeah, well, that's nice. And, you know, no, it's, it's exactly what he said. This is the way we should be living. 
Isaiah 8 verse 18, Here am I, the children whom the Lord has given me. We are for signs and wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts who dwells in Mount Zion. Say that, I am Yah, I am Yah in this earth for signs and wonders. What's the purpose of a sign? It points you somewhere. There's a world out there that's lost. They don't know where to go. And you go, this is the way. Yeah, but, you know, you're just one religion amongst many others. Oh, really? What do you think happened with the prophet when they were worshiping Baal? And they challenged him. Well, we, it's all the same God. We got as much power as you do. He says, okay, build an altar. Go, call your God. Let's, let's watch your God in action. Call fire. Come, call fire. And eventually he says, so maybe if you shout louder, maybe he's on holiday, maybe he's. See, when you know something, you can be bold. When you know who you are and who your God is, there's a boldness that comes over you. Not arrogance, boldness. Show me the power of your God. I'm not afraid. I'm not intimidated. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. All right, so now we're going to see who God is. Take my altar and put water on it. So they sprinkled some water. Uh-uh, I said, more water. And they put more water. Uh-uh, I'm talk- I want that thing soaked. I don't want it in your mind that I did some magic trick. I want it soaked that in your mind, this is now impossible. See, when you're that bold, you're willing to go to the realm of the impossible. You're not ashamed of it. You're not trying to hide behind. Because you see, that's the problem. If, if we, we, we want the supernatural, but if we don't really believe it, we have to kind of position ourselves that if it doesn't happen, our reputation's still intact. I don't want to get too far out there because if it doesn't work, then we don't have people going, yeah, you see now, where is your God? You see, so we got we got to make sure. We, no, we serve a supernatural God. You have to be able to look at the doctor in the eyes and say, this is not the way it's going down. We are going according to the word of God. There has to be that boldness to be able to speak, knowing that you're not just speaking, hoping it works. It's knowing because you spoke, that's the way it's going to be. And when people start seeing that, that church, not the one that just sings nice songs and says, come along, yeah, and, you know, have a good feeling because feelings run out. I say feelings run out. I'm talking about seeing a demonstration of power that you cannot deny. When doctors told my wife that she would have to have an operation and there was no natural way for that to be healed. And yet we called on the name of Jesus and got x-rays that a doctor with his own trained eye looked at the x-ray and used the very words, this to go from this x-ray to this x-ray is not medically possible. Thank you, Jesus. Now you have a demonstration power. Hallelujah. 
sign and a wonder. What's a wonder? It's a wonder. <laughs> when it happens, you wonder what happened. There's no explanation. There's no explanation. You can't excuse it with yes, but, or coincidence. No, that was a total demonstration of power. That's the church God wants in the earth. I dare say, we are that church. Have you ready to position yourself for that? Everybody say positioning. See, you have to set yourself up for the supernatural. Have a look at 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. The husband had left them in debt, and she didn't have the money to pay for it. So he said, that's right. Okay, I'll take your two sons as payment then. That'll, be, that'll cancel your debt. Now, you know, for any mother, that's devastating. But notice, she goes to the man of God. And watch what he, does, what he says. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? What do you have? Family, every single one of us has the answer to our problems. Whatever you need a solution for is already in your house. See, the enemy wants us to look to the bank or look to our employer or look to the neighbor or look to our spouse. No, what you need is in your house. The man of God knew that. What do you have? You got something to get you out of this. Notice her response. Your maidservant has nothing. In the house. Now I wonder. You sure? There weren't tables, no chairs, no cups, no glasses, no plates, no knives, no forks. No, there was nothing. It was just walls. But you tell me there's no plaster on the wall. There's no, there's no tiles on the floor. There's, there's nothing. There's no walls because it's nothing. There's no, you see how that statement? We start in the realm of I don't have anything. She thinks she doesn't have anything. That's where the enemy gets us. You are out of here. You don't have an answer. Wonderful. We're now in the realm of impossible. Your maidservant has nothing in it but a jar of oil. That'll do it. That's all. I just need something. Now, here's what you're going to do. Go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Now, listen. Do not gather just a few. We're going to position ourselves here. You just quoted 
impossible. I know my God works in the realm of impossible. So let's not limit him. How much do you believe? How far are you willing to believe? Now you're going to communicate it with how many jars you get. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you. Close out the negative reports. You don't need someone peering in through the house and saying, what are you doing? That seems stupid. I don't need any more voices. I don't need any more opinions. I have God's word on the matter, and I don't need to confer with flesh any further. Once God has spoken, shut out the doubts and unbelief. And you and your sons will pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. And when you've come in, you shall shut the door. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought out the vessels to her. And she poured the oil into these vessels. Now it came to pass when all the vessels that they had were full. She said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said, there is not another vessel. Then the oil ceased. The miracle was flowing as long as they had the vessels. How far are you going to believe? Are you going to go find one vessel? Are you going to prepare 10 vessels? Or 100 vessels? It's up to you. The miracle goes as far as you want it to go. How far can you believe? Now I'm saying you, I'm speaking to me too, but just in case you think I'm putting you on the spot, I am. I want you to think. How far are you willing to believe? I know why God hasn't. That's why. Oh, you missed that one. I don't know why God hasn't. That's why. Because you're wondering why God hasn't. He is prepared to go. Have you got your vessel ready? Yeah, but I'm believing. Well, what's your vessel? You need to hear from God. What is that vessel? You need to have that vessel ready because as long as the vessels were there, the oil kept flowing. Another, another pot, more oil. Another pot, more oil. Another pot, more oil. Another pot, more oil. Where's another pot? No more, mommy. Well, whoop, the oil stops. It doesn't have to keep pouring. The supernatural goes as far as what you believe it can go. You're positioned for it. And so she came and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil, pay your debt, you and your sons, and live on the rest. There was enough oil to live the rest of her life. There was a retirement package. She went into the oil business. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. 
Madam Oil Baron. <laughs> Watch that. She loved. What's that? Loving by faith. Everybody say positioning. Jesus, in Luke chapter 9, when the multitude knew it, they followed Jesus. He had seen signs, wonders, miracles. And he received them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God. And he healed those who had need of healing. It's amazing. Every time he spoke about the kingdom, if there was any broken, he fixed it. That's normal for Jesus. Say for me too. And the day began to wear away. And the twelve came and said to him, Send the multitude away that they may go into the surrounding towns and country and lodge and get provisions. For we are in a deserted place here. But he said to them, You give them something to eat. Isn't that amazing? Jesus didn't say, Stand back. I'm yeah, Don't worry. He wants to demonstrate the kingdom is operated by whoever believes. And I need to get your faith evoked. I need to get you to action your faith. That's Jesus. See, that's my responsibility in your life. Now you understand why the enemy does everything to separate us. Because as long as we together, I keep feeding you faith. And as long as you fed faith, you can live a supernatural life. And the reason the church hasn't broken into the fullness of the supernatural is because we've all been too thin-skinned, too offended, too upset, too this, too that. Let's get over that. And let's mature and recognize that God sends apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers into our lives to lead us to the supernatural. That's what Jesus is doing. I want you to see the supernatural in work. Give them something to eat. And they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish. Unless we go and buy food for all these people. See, they're trapped in the natural. They're trapped in the possible. Feed all these people. Well, where are we going to find food to feed them? We've only got this little bit of food. What is that among so many? And then the cross-reference account, they've only had 200 denarii, which is about two-thirds of an annual salary. And they said, that's not even enough to feed everybody. That's how many people were there. But notice what Jesus says. He says, there were about 5,000 men. Now, you've got to add the women and children there as well. And he said to his disciples, listen to this, make them sit down in groups of 50. And I always wondered, I, I used to read that thing, wonder why, why would he do that? What's 50 is going to do? And for a long time, I just, well, they sat in groups of 50. Until I started studying out the realm of the supernatural. Using the references, and there's many others as we study it out, like we just saw now. It's positioning. God doesn't work in chaos. You won't see miracles in chaos. God brings an order into it. Hallelujah, I believe I'm debt free. Oh yeah? How much do you owe? Lots. So how much do you need? Uh, even more. 
And how will you know when you're out of debt? When I know there's money in the bank. Uh, you see, that it's chaos. And so God can provide and give you thousands and hundreds of thousands. He can give you a million rand. But if we're in chaos, He can drop a million rand and it'll be gone by the end of the week. Because there's no order. No, it's chaos. Janine and I were, you've heard it many times before, we were in, in horrible debt. But the day I sat down and I structured. See, a lot of people use budget as a form of fear. I've got X amount coming in, I'm going to spend Y, and if I've got less than that, then I can't spend because X says that so far. No, me, the purpose of a budget is to see order. I want to see what's coming in. We, this is what I need to pay you. This is what I need to pay you. And this is what I need to pay you. Now I know what to faith in. Now I know. I'm not saying let me fix it according to my salary. We need a dream. Yeah, at, at, the, at the Bay Christian Family Church, I tell our staff, what is it that you need in your department? And here's the thing. I'm not going to, you don't need to walk on my faith. You've got as much faith as I do. Why must I carry the whole ministry every morning and live by faith? I pray for this department, brother. You take your department. What do you need? And you structure that and you put it in place. Now we know what to believe for. Now the income doesn't match that in the natural. You look at last year's income. There's no ways we can do what, we, what the Lord said. The Lord says, go do this. Oh, we don't have enough salary. We don't have enough. No, you structure. You place it into groups. This is needed for today. Food. This is needed for the month. This is needed for the year. This is the five year. This is the ten year. See, you're grouping. Now you know what you're targeting. And the thing about 10-year dreams, you can bring them in a year. Amen. Oh, I don't get enough amens. You see, I, I'm trying to get you to go look beyond just the 10 years. Well, at least I have a 10-year plan. Oh, what can't it happen now? Today. Today. But how will it happen today if you don't have the plan in the first place? Because if it happened today, it would go right past because you weren't expecting it. Groups of 50. And so they did so. And he made them all sit down. He made them all sit down. Got some good students here. See, they were in the morning service. What was it? Structure. Rest. And then he took the five loaves, the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he, <clears throat> there, the power is released. He blessed them, and listen now, gave it to the disciples to set before the multitude. See, we have this picture from Hollywood where Jesus was busy multiplying the bread and the fish, and they would come and take and go give to someone and then come back to him to get more. That's not what happened. He put it into their hands. Order is in place. You've positioned yourself. You're resting. Now watch what happens. 
and it starts as they distributing, as they distributing. They had positioned themselves, and in that, the glory could go to work. And that blessing caused those fish to keep multiplying. The bread kept multiplying. As long as everybody was in that place, it kept happening until everybody had eaten. And the word says they ate to their full. They ate and were filled. That wasn't a communion wafer and a snook bone. Do you have a little piece for me? They ate and ate and ate. You have more? Of course, yeah. Keep going, keep going, keep going. And then in the last person said, hey, no, 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 it's a That's just too much. Now I'm done. Is there someone still need to eat? Yes, I do. Okay, keep eating. And when the last one said, that's it, we're all done. It stops. And go gather the fragments. Twelve Baskets left over. <laughs> I, oh, I just saw a picture. That's like God says, you want me to do something? You hit go. Have you know, like, like, you know, like they tell you that when you're behind, when you're in front of, you know, these big 18-wheeler trucks, and you're coming up to a traffic light and the thing starts slowing, they say, they say don't pull in front of an 18-wheeler and stop because that thing's got momentum. It hits brakes, but it takes a while to stop. Now you know what I'm talking about. It's like God says, you want a miracle? Here we go. <laughs> and it's multiplying, 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 multiplying. Okay, Father, that's enough. Okay. And it keeps boom, boom. You could have called stop sooner. <laughs> but now gather up what's left. See, God, family, you cannot turn down God's power. When he gets up and he moves and he moves. Ah, come on, get your feet and give Jesus praise. If you're ready for a miracle, you're ready to live this kind of lifestyle. I'll tell you, there are miracles coming upon you, overtaking you. His mercies are new every morning. God's for you. Who can be against you? No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Whatever you put your hand to multiplies. He is he's moving in the power and the glory of the supernatural all the time. Where are the people that will say, I position myself in the realm of the impossible? You want to wake up in the morning and you want to say, I'm ready for my first miracle. I'm expecting supernatural today. Oh, we're going to have to over, over, just, just get rid of every form of fear. Every form of natural thinking. There'll be those that say, ah, get real. Uh, this is more real than you can imagine. This, this is the way of the kingdom of God. See, I'm not, I'm not moved by that. I fully believe. 
I fully believe by faith there is nothing that is impossible. Yeah, but what about that? You see, doubt there, you've already found something to use to fuel your unbelief. Not you, this person. Mom, we say, yes, but what if? What about? No. Do you really believe people can? Yes. But you didn't let me finish my sentence. I don't need to. Because I'm not going to let anything put a stop on this. I don't categorize this is okay for miracles and this, that, no, that just can't happen. No. Because Jesus did things like walking on water. Now, how many people do you know before that that did that? Or after? He did. When he quieted the storm, they're like, what manner of man is this? Notice he didn't say, Jesus. No. He said, where was your faith? Why did you fear? Isn't that right? <laughs> oh, grinding away all that years of unbelief. Just open your heart. Just step over in to say, God, if you, I'm good with you, just go ahead. I'm ready to see supernatural all the time. All the time. I, I love this way. I will lay hands on anything. I'll speak to anything. I'll call anything. I'll say anything. And people say, hey, well, what happens when it doesn't work? I don't care. It's not my job to wonder why it hasn't happened or even when. Who said it hasn't happened yet? It, it could be at work right now. I'm going to shut it down with my unbelief. Hallelujah. Many of you will leave this place tonight. And before you get home, see the supernatural manifesting. Hallelujah. Don't be worried about the fuel price. Speak to your tank. <laughs> someone already, someone just hit their wall there. Start, start stretching. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, Pastor Allen, you just put people's hopes up. Yeah, right. You, 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 hit, you got my job. Faith is the substance of things. So I have to deliver that hope. I said I have to deliver that hope. Amen. Someone comes and says, you know, you don't want to get people's hopes up. Too late. My hope's already up. How are you ready for that? Just lift those hands and say, Father, thank you. You are my supernatural God. I live in your supernatural kingdom right now, today. I believe the supernatural. I receive the supernatural. I receive 
miracles every day. Works of God. I live a life of faith. This is where I operate. I expect the impossible to be possible. I live this way. I experience it every day of my life in Jesus' name.